0: Hello and welcome to the Raw podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Echo. My name's James Copley and I'm joined by my mate Phil Smith and we'll be reacting to the interesting game that was Sunderland won al Al-Shabaab nil over in Dubai. Phil, um, from the camera recording to the scuffle that broke out, it was a, an interesting time of it, wasn't it?
1: One normal day of Sunderland AFC. It will never, ever happen. Um. Yes, very surreal. Um, <laughs> I actually thought it was an alright game for a friendly. Um, I did think it was sort of a decent level opposition, technically. Um, you know, slightly surreal to see Eva Banega, formerly of Sevilla, just sort of strutting about and playing little chip passes. And um, I thought some of them were pretty good in that sense. I suppose when the dust settles... There's probably a lot of positives to take in terms of the intensity and also some of the performances and what have you. But so we spoke at length yesterday, and we don't probably need to go over it. That you know we weren't particularly comfortable with the game happening um, in mm-hmm. the first place, which I think we'd both stand by. Um, and obviously, you know, it wasn't a great stream to put it mildly. Um, <laughs> and obviously, a slightly farcical end when it nearly got abandoned with sort of 15 minutes to go. So I think. Um, pause for thought. Obviously Juan Satori and louis Dreyfus were out there. Um hopefully a few things for them to sort of think about and, and reflect on because you know I, I can see why it might be a useful exercise football wise moving forward, but that all round uh, it wasn't great. I think it's I think I'm being fair in saying that.
0: The very same Ava Benega that Gus Poyer was famously um, desperate to bring to Sunderland. I think summer oh 2014 course. or was it the January? Yeah. I can't quite remember. But he was high up on the shopping list, wasn't he? Was it, was it Poyer or was it Moyes? Hang on, I've got I've got it up here. I've Googled it. Poyer, yeah. Poyer it was. Was it? He might have been a long-term target. But come, have, yeah, it hmm. might come back round that.
1: I'd sort of forgotten about that. Well, he looked a good player. So that was a good idea. Whoever probably about came 30, up with
0: it. 37 though now is he? I um, don't know how old he is. Yeah. I'm gonna have a look. How old is Eva Benega? This is this is what we all want to know, isn't it? Really, this is what we tuned in the podcast for. He's thirty four. He still looked alright, to be fair.
1: Yeah, he was really, he was genuinely really good.
0: Um, yeah. I did feel, I felt, I felt um, for Danny Collins and Frankie Francis having to apologise repeatedly from the camera for the cameraman who looked like he was sort of recording on an iPhone on a um, a plinth that wouldn't cover half of the pitch so it made analysing Patrick Roberts' performance in the first half he was playing off the right of Sunderland's attack pretty difficult
1: Yeah I, I thought Tri Hume had a good game but um, <laughs> I, I couldn't swear because I couldn't really see him but you know when the ball sort of went there and you couldn't see what was going on um, it seemed to be dealt with pretty well so I think I can praise Trey Hume's performance, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But no, nah, like it's obviously not great because fans always played 750, which oh, isn't yeah, cheap at yeah. all, um, and it's not good and and sort of rightly was apologise for in the stream. Um, as I say, I, I don't think it was a good episode really. Um, and like I say, I I think probably a few lessons to learn and you know we can we can chat a bit about the football now, but yeah, certainly not a not a great episode. I didn't think.
0: We seem to like a, a friendly drama. We had the Mourinho or nine thing against Roma. We had the lights go out against Rangers, and then we've had this in Dubai against Al shabaab a sort of fight breaking out in the middle of the pitch. Gooch was involved, Diaku was involved. Um, I'm sort of typing away furiously. Then I looked up and Juan Satori was in the in the centre circle. <laughs> I was sort of what what on earth is going on here? But uh, yeah, another interesting episode in the cult following of Sunderland Football Club.
1: Yeah, I, to be fair, obviously, I, I'm not really sure there was much to blame with Sunderland for that one, really. Um,
0: yeah, the, I, I, did, I did think that Al-Shabaab's tackles, some of them during the game, were pretty pretty robust, shall we say.
1: There was an absolutely disgraceful challenge on Ahmad in the first half. Mm, this um, is a challenge. that sh- should have been red carded. That was absolutely horrendous. Um, and it was fortunate that Ahmad got away with an injury. Obviously the melee started when Serkin put in what was a pretty robust challenge to be fair. Um but then obviously Gooch went to sort of remonstrate with the referee and I think from nowhere really ended up in a scrap. I, I didn't think that was necessarily his fault. So um yeah, slightly yeah, slightly farcical um a lot to reflect on all around. Um yeah. Yeah, but no. also some interesting stuff on the football side of things as well. I did think as well in the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Some. Yeah, nobody likes to see it, but we all secretly love love to see it on occasion. But yes, the football felt sort of first um, start eleven in the first half, and then it changed a lot in the second half. But then there was you know Barr coming back in, Hume coming back in in the second half, so it was a bit of a mismatch, really, a bit of a jumble. What did you make of the football? For me, Ahmad looked sensational in parts without even really being. In first gear, he's just a cut above, isn't he? And it's easy to see why Man United spent upwards of thirty million on him because he's just just brilliant.
1: Yeah, he's very rare talent um, that you don't see very often. I thought he was he was excellent, really. Um, like you say, I don't think he was operating at full tilt. I don't think any player was. Sort of understandably, but those little moments of quality really stood out. You know, it, it, it was one of those brilliant goals where you kind of think that he's probably taken too long and that maybe he's sort of overthought it, you know, should he have got a shot away earlier. But, of course, he's in con- complete control and just a lovely dink over the keeper. I thought his almost assist sister. Alice Sims was even better, to be honest, because he picked up the ball. He was only a few yards in front of someone's own box um, and he turns it into a clear-cut chance, which, you know, Sims will know that he probably should have scored. Um, and I suppose the interesting dynamic of it was is that, you know, Tony Mowbray spoke to us after the Birmingham game about how it was a really big decision to leave Patrick Roberts outside because he rates Roberts so highly. Obviously I think something he would like to do in the long term is get them both on the same side. And we saw there this evening that it's something that can work. A mad plays sort of more as a number ten, drifted over to the right, teamed up with Roberts. When you get it right, that's pretty hard to stop. We know it mm. didn't work against Cardiff, um, which is the flip side of it, but there are a lot of issues I think in that game. A really exciting prospect but obviously, you know that means then potentially you don't have a place for Alex Pritchard who I think everyone would agree has broadly had a really good season. So that's one of the interesting sort of selection dilemmas I think coming out of not just this evening, but throwing forward to the next few weeks. What I would say is, you know, I don't think there's any way you could not pick a mad for the next game. Mm-hmm. And you've got to give him credit because, you know, a month ago we were sort of not knew he had the talent, but it was where does he fit? Well the question is it doesn't matter. You've got you've got to make him fit. You've got to pick him. Um he deserves a lot of credit, really, because it's not just his talent, it's the physical output he's putting in as well. Um Yeah, another really good sort of outing for him. Um, he's, he's exciting.
0: Yeah, he's a great footballer. Just on Pritchard, Phil, I was having a conversation with somebody on Twitter whose name escapes me, so I do apologise. We were talking about Pritchard, and he reckoned that Pritchard could play a little bit further back, maybe, uh, sort of, and... I. I I tended to agree with him, really, because he does battle back really well from the 10 roll and he gets stuck in and he gets he gets his foot and he's obviously got quality on the ball. Do you think he could play maybe a little bit deeper or is he best as a 10?
1: I think he's best as a 10. I think he could play a little bit deeper. I think it's something we're going to have to get used to in terms of Mowbray and it's something that I certainly welcome is Likes' versatility in his forward players really. You saw Embleton there playing off the left and just sort of picking up a bit of a free roll. Really unlucky. I mean, classic Embleton. You know, hits the post with one gorgeous effort on his left foot, and then hits the inside the bar with his right foot. Um, you know, should have had a goal, but yeah, I, I mean, Pritchard could do that. I think you could certainly play as one of the two in a four-three-three, um, but you wouldn't want him playing any deeper than that. So, I mean, obviously, it's it's a real positive because where we're now getting to is that Mulberry's got options to change the game from the bench, um, whether it's a Roberts or a Pritchard or a Mad, bringing these players on. You know, if we think back to the first three or four games of the season where what we were all saying was you know there's a really good start in 11 here that is competitive at this level but we were seeing them kind of um almost get overrun in the last 20 minutes of games consistently because Alex Neil didn't really have the option to make subs um and hopefully you know touch wood um moving into the second half of the season that's going to be something that changes considerably
0: big positives on the injury front as well with Sirkin back Gooch Back um, Huggins playing again, it's all starting, and Alessi of course, Alessi was the um, was the big name back into the side, it's all starting to look quite nice, although Roberts, uh, sorry not Roberts, Stewart and Ballard just quite aren't ready yet.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't think there was any major surprise with Ballard because Mowbray pretty much said he didn't think he'd be ready for Millwall, um, I don't think there's any sort of issues there because he has been doing some of the training this week, but clearly he's not quite ready yet, so it looks like it'll be a bit later in the month. Stuart, I think there still a, could be a chance that he's involved next Saturday. I don't think him not playing tonight means <clears> it <this throat> being a setback or anything like that. I suppose it just underlines, you know, Mowbray said before the break that we'd have to be pretty careful with Stuart. And like Sims, it will be a case of phasing him back in. He's not just going to be able to play 90 minutes at his best from day one. So I think that probably just underlines that. And obviously the, the other slight disappointment one, hopefully we'll hear at some point, but obviously no issue. you. Um, yeah. Obviously picked up an injury in the, in the Luton game just when he looked like he was really kicking on. And um, He has been training this week, so he's obviously on the comeback trail. Um, but yeah, a bit of a shame that he couldn't get any minutes, I think. Um, you would think that makes it quite difficult for him to challenge for the Millwall game, but we'll, we'll wait and see um, on that one.
0: That Millwall game, of course, coming in the Championship on the 3rd of December. What happens now for Sunderland and the squad a little bit of time to to sort of unwind in Dubai and then back home to England?
1: Yeah, I think there'll probably be some sort of recovery sessions as well um, before they come back to England. Um, And then it'll be sort of a normal free week heading into next week's game. Um, Yeah, it's going to be really interesting next weekend. and sort of Well, not just next weekend, the next few weeks, because I think there's a lot of sort of interesting stuff from Aubrey. We talked about sort of the Elise and Serkin dilemma on yesterday's pod. You know, we talked a bit about Adam Roberts there. Jim Attetti I thought was really good again. Mm -hmm. Um, If I'm sort of taking the last month. Um I saw having a, a really good game alongside Barr in the under twenty ones against Newcastle. I think he's done pretty well when he's been asked to come off the bench um to help see games out. Looked at a real threat today, didn't he? He was just sort of mm-hmm. picking the ball up and carrying it twenty, thirty yards, no bother. Um you know, I'm not saying he's gonna start next Saturday necessarily, but I just think I think something's starting to sort of really emerge there and I think he's starting to really ask questions of Mowbray. So that was another key positive. Um yeah, it feels it feels pretty optimistic about the general picture. Um, you know, it's just yeah, a shame about some of the other stuff with this game that we've sort of talked about at length and and reflected on because I think there was a lot of stuff that wasn't up to scratch.
0: No, absolutely, Jim. Uh, yeah, I agree. Was uh, was very good. Interesting that Diaku sort of played through the middle again, and it was he saw sort of, he did exactly what you were saying on the last podcast. He got into really really good positions, yeah. and it was just his finish and let him down. There's something yeah. there. I'm adamant. There's something there.
1: There definitely is, and like I say, he has a habit of being in the right place and sort of getting in those areas where, the, you know, chances can come, whether he's playing out wide or up front. It's very, 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 very rare that you look back on a game and say, oh, Diacki was anonymous. Um, there always seems to be a chance or, or an opening at the, the moment. He just can't quite convert it, and that obviously makes it very difficult for forces when the team. But... Yeah, I mean, literally it was what we talk, spoke about yesterday, wasn't it? People can go back and listen to it because we spoke about it at length. Um, there's definitely something there, but it's just not dropping at the minute.
0: Indeed. Well, you can read all about Sunderland's game against Al-Shabaab over on the Sunderland Echo website. We are also on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Phil, once again, thank you for joining us and thank you to the listener for tuning in to the Raw podcast.